A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Tim Shulu. Thank Welcome. you. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful. I always start off with the brand cert. This is my kind of little thing, my rabbit hole that I go down. And here we're looking at the AHRS brand cert in London. Uh, that looks brilliant. What I love about that is you've got your rich site links. You've got the really, really nice top stories. That means you're producing a lot of content. The Google sees that that content that you're producing on a very regular basis is incredibly valuable to your audience because it shows on your brand set what it feels will be valuable, helpful, and relevant to your audience. And that, for me, is an amazing uh, sign of how good your content strategy is, Tim, and your team. Um, so all credit to them for that. That's amazing. And the other aspect is the entities that Google's understanding. Looking at the bottom of the SERP, we can see Ahrefs as an entity and the understanding that Google has of its relationship with all of these other entities, and that's a boatload. And I find that incredibly interesting from my perspective. Entity SEO, entity optimization, and as Corey Gaboud says, entity identity are now one big aspect of SEO that we need to take care of. And I'm actually working with you guys at Ahrefs a little bit on that. Uh, and it's it's really enjoyable. You guys are really smart and we're doing some great work. None of that is thanks to me, of course. It was done before <laughs> I even turned up on the scene. Uh, but that's a great brand set, Tim. Uh, yeah, thank you. We've actually had some troubles with our knowledge panel because uh, apparently uh, people... Uh, who work or the editors of Wikipedia uh, aren't particularly fond of SEO people. Uh, I believe that's because SEO people uh, like to spam their website uh, with their stuff to be able to get links from Wikipedia. And so it seems that some editors got allergic to any mentions of uh, SEO tools and SEO industry. So yeah, we had uh, uh, we had some some troubles with that, but hopefully, uh, we'll eventually find a way to display uh, a nice-looking uh, knowledge panel in our SERP. Yeah, well, well, that's exactly where I'm I'm helping you, and it is a problem that a lot of companies have, and it, especially in the SEO community, but also in, in other industries, creating a Wikipedia page can be very delicate, uh, very tricky. You're not supposed to do it yourself, um, but without Wikipedia, it's certainly possible and definitely, definitely something I I'm very keen on is to start building Google's knowledge, educating this child that is Google. Without Wikipedia, uh, without even Wikidata, uh, we can do it. It's a child that wants to understand. It just needs us as responsible adults to explain clearly and precisely who we are, what we do, and who our audience is. But enough about my pet topic. And on to your pet I'm topic. just hoping that this child won't grow into an angry teenager. Oh, that's a very good point. Yes, yeah, so I hadn't taken the child <laughs> analogy that analogy that far. Um, that now you're going to give me sleepless nights. Um, that was that was the worst thing you could possibly say. Now I'm frightened. Brilliant. Let, let's get on to keywords because you know lots about that and I don't. Now, when you're saying revealing the secrets of keyword data, you've got boatloads of keywords in Ahrefs. How many billions of keywords? Uh, I don't even remember the, the number by heart because it's like uh, it's so incomprehensible that you cannot connect it to anything else in your brain and make it meaningful. It's like, right. I don't know. I think in the US we have 4 billion, but is it a lot? Is it uh, little? You don't know. Probably yeah. compared to how many different search queries people are entering in Google, that's little. Uh, but... Are we covering all of the most important search queries? I would think that that we are. 
So that's basically what matters. Right. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, the thing is, I mean, the very, very long tail, it's impossible to actually get your hands on it. Google isn't sharing the data. And I mean, I suppose when your users, your clients enter new keywords, that's giving you an idea of where people are going as opposed to where uh, Google thinks they're going. Is that helpful? Does that no, contribute we, we, a lot? We don't, work, uh, we don't work with any user input. Uh, there are lots of conspiracy theories about uh, HREFs looking at what people are doing in the platform and then somehow uh, changing the platform uh, uh, based on that input. But no, we're not doing this because uh, it creates a huge uh, loophole that people would be exploiting. Uh, so we don't want to do this. We don't want people to be able to influence the data that we have just by uh, entering it into HREFs. Oh, right. I didn't even know there was a conspiracy theory. I do apologize. I just meant that when I add a keyword to Ahrefs, you then track it. Therefore, I thought it got added to the whole pool of keywords. Ah, no, I thought that that when, when you're putting a keyword that is not in our database, uh, we would then add it to our database. So, no, we, we, don't, we don't use any uh, input from people. So the same way as uh, if you are inputting some uh, domain that we haven't crawled yet, uh, it doesn't mean that we'll somehow prioritize this domain for crawling because one of our users had entered it to Ahrefs. This is uh, this is a slippery slope. Right. I kind of get the feeling now. I'm, it, it feels like I'm talking to somebody at Google. It's kind of similar as what's happening internally at Ahrefs, and people are, are actually very interested in that and trying to manipulate it or potentially trying to manipulate it. I'd never looked at it that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people like to manipulate our metrics. For example, the domain rating metric which uh, indicates the, the, I call it link popularity of a domain. So how many other domains from all around the web, web are linking to you? Uh, it is then indicated in a simple uh, two-digit number. Well, sometimes it's, I don't think anyone has domain rating of 100. So yeah, two-digit number. <laughs> uh, and yeah, people, people uh, are looking for ways to game it because uh, there are lots of link sellers and they're, they're selling their links on the basis of how high the DR of a linking website is. So they are very much motivated to grow their DR uh, with any loopholes and then sell links at a higher price. Well, I feel so naive when you tell me things like that because I just hadn't thought about it, it hadn't occurred to me. But in fact, there's yeah all those nefarious kind of tricks that people play using different metrics and you actually manage one of those metrics so it becomes a battle for you too. Right. Sorry, but back onto the topic. I mean, that was incredibly interesting and I've just <laughs> learned lots of things I didn't know before. But you were talking about keyword search volume. We all use that as a, as a metric. Uh, is that really the best metric? Uh, great question. Uh, so <laughs> we've been dealing with that uh, for many, many years, ever since we started introducing different keyword research tools. Um, and the, the common complaint or criticism that we were hearing is that uh, our numbers don't match those of Google Keyword Planner. Yeah. Uh, not that Google Keyword Planner didn't have its own troubles. Uh, and uh, I believe the first person to, uh, to criticize the data from Google Keyword Planner uh, was uh, Russ Jones from Moz, who is unfortunately no longer with us. Uh, but uh, I will still be giving him credit for all his SEO work because that was an absolutely brilliant person. So yeah, a Google Keyword Planner isn't with, without a sin, but somehow the, the general public in the SEO community 
well, was thinking that the numbers that come from Google Keyword Planner are the single source of truth. Mm. Uh, but then we also have Google Search Console. And uh, those SEO professionals who are more attentive and who had a chance to, comp to compare the uh, number of impressions that they were getting in their Google Search Console, if they were consistently ranking at the top, uh, with the data that was coming, that, that Google Keyword Planner was showing them, uh, they already noticed that there's quite a bit of discrepancy. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the, the, more, uh, the more hardcore SEOs uh, knew for quite a while that search volume that you're getting from Google Keyword Planner or pretty much any SEO tool is not a particularly precise metric, uh, just but really it is quick. still... Yeah. Sorry. No, just a question about uh, Keyword Planner, because it always struck me that the Keyword Planner is there to sell Google ads. So yeah. Google have got every motivation to hide data slightly, you know, they round it up to a nice big number when it should be 400, they'll round it up to 500 or whatever. I mean, I don't know what they do, but the motivation of Keyword Planner is to sell Google ads. So that isn't necessarily um, compatible with actually reporting on search volume. Well, uh, how long have you been in SEO, Jason? Oh, I started 25 years ago, but um, I'm old. So I'm not surprised that you are thinking of such things because for a person who is just, I don't know, two or three years in, uh, it doesn't really cross their mind at this point that, uh, that Google Keyword Planner is a tool for advertisers and they might be uh, adjusting, let's, let's use the word adjusting, uh, their search volume data in a way that would benefit them. Uh, and then they, they look at the search volume numbers that they see in Ahrefs or pretty much uh, any other uh, third-party tool that, that reports this data, uh, and they're unhappy because those numbers don't necessarily match. Uh, but there are reasons to that. Uh, so uh, up until recently, we, we couldn't really create any compelling research to show people all the problems or like how far off Google Keyword Planner is. Uh, but since we introduced uh, what a free layer of Ahrefs, which is called Ahrefs Master Tools, where you can get uh, all data for your own website as long as you can verify it with a number of ways. Uh, and one of these numbers is to connect via Google Search Console. You can also uh, upload a file, you can change your DNS. So uh, basically all the common ways to verify the ownership of your website, but one of them is Google Search Console, uh, which a lot of people are using because we also started displaying Google Search Console data in Ahrefs if you, if you connect it. So we started uh, getting lots of Google Search Console data of our customers. And then we realized, hmm, we can do a research and we can compare the search volumes or impressions from Google Search Consoles, Console for a number of keywords uh, with the data that we see in Google Keyword Planner and see how those two uh, data sources uh, compare to each other. Uh, so what we figured is that in the majority of cases, I don't remember the exact numbers, but maybe we can later link to, to the research study that we published on the chef's blog. Uh, but in the majority of cases, uh, Google Keyword Planner was overestimating the search volumes compared to what you get uh, in Google Search Console. And the actual reason for that is pretty well known, again, to seasoned SEOs. Uh, it's because they group 
uh, keywords with similar meaning uh, together, and they display aggregate uh, search volume for, for the entire group. Again, this is because it's a tool for advertisers. So uh, if you if you want to advertise for a particular keyword, for example, you don't want to bother about singular and plural versions of that keyword, like cat food, cat's food, cat foods, cat's foods, I don't know, something like this, food for cats. To Google Keyword Planner, those things are, are the same. Yeah. Uh, but if you are an SEO professional, you do want to know the most common way how people search for something, because then you want to use that in your copy to speak to people uh, in their own words. So yeah, that's basically, that, yeah. No, but that's incredibly important. I think kind of a lot of people miss that boat, as it were, is that they think, oh, I need to match exactly that phrase because that's what Google likes, but it doesn't actually uh, carry. What does matter is that you're speaking the language that your users are uh, using not just the language, obviously English and French or or Ukrainian, but speaking using the vocabulary and the terms of phrase and the terms of phrase that people actually use. Uh, and I think kind of focusing on the user, which is what Google says all the time, and people get very angry with John Mueller for saying that over and over again. It does sound kind of trite and and banal, but it's actually what you need to do. Sorry, I was my little rant there. <laughs> no, no problem. Absolutely, the the focus should be on the user, and I think. If you want to future-proof your website or future-proof your marketing or SEO strategy, uh, you should definitely uh, have a user-first approach because Google is absolutely optimizing towards what users would like. So if they are not there yet, in three years, five years, they will be there, or at least they will get much closer. So if yeah. you're planning for your website to exist for the next three to five years, uh, you should be optimizing for people because if Google is not realizing that you're optimizing for people today, uh, they will understand it in a year or in two years, and you will blow your competition out of the water. Right. Yeah. I mean, that comes out if you've got any kind of long term business strategy, aim for where Google's going whilst making hay while the sun shines today as much as you can. But um, that, that's absolutely right. And the other thing is focusing on the user. It's just occurred to me uh, John Mueller talks about pull queries, which is brand queries. And he says people aren't focusing enough on that. And you really need to start focusing on that, which is great for me. But when I was looking at, when I look at brand SERPs, it's the only thing I do is think, why is this useful, helpful, and relevant to the user? Or at least why does Google think it's relevant and helpful and valuable to your audience who are a subset of its users? And I'm writing an article right now for, for Wix about rich site links. And they seem so boring, those big site links that we showed earlier on at Ahrefs. But there's so many insights you can get from that is what is Google thinking? How is Google approaching this? And what are my audience actually looking for? Sorry, I'm once again. Oh, you're you're making me rant. No, not a problem. Uh, uh, it's very on point, and it's funny you mentioned Wix because it gives me a great bridge to yeah. another kind of fallacy that people have with search volume. Uh, what like a lot of people focus too much on the search volume of individual keyword, mm -hmm. but like we just discussed, there are tons of different ways to search in Google for the same thing. And these days, Google is smart enough to understand that those searches mean the same thing and rank basically almost the same set of pages for all these searches. So what you should be looking at is the total traffic potential of a given topic, 
rather than the search volume of an individual keyword, that is just one of the many, many ways to search for this topic. Uh, for that reason, we, we believe in that concept so much uh, that we productized it. We created a metric that is called traffic potential. Uh, basically, it's very simple. We, we, we don't like to overthink uh, our metrics because then it is harder for our users to understand them. So yeah. what traffic potential does, it shows you the traffic to the number one ranking page for a given keyword. keyword. So not only you see how many people search for, I know, cat food, specifically this keyword, cat food per month, but you can also see how many clicks, uh, estimated clicks, are landing on the top ranking page for cat food because it also ranks for lots of other, other similar queries. Uh, so that's the thing. And why I mentioned Wix is because Wix is such a strong brand. I, I, you would be probably the best person to, to talk about this, but they rank number one for website builder with their homepage, which is why some people are, are saying that our traffic potential metric is bad because when they put in website builder, they get the search traffic potential of Wix homepage, which is huge. Right. What we explain back to them is that this is, this is what it happens. To rank for website builder, it takes creating a brand. So you're not competing with some random page that ranks for mm. website builder and that is optimized, optimized for website builder. You're competing with an actual brand. So it's, it is insightful in itself that you no longer can rank for website builder by optimizing for it because Wix now occupies the number one position for the term. That, that's a really interesting point um, from, from the perspective of, of saying, who am I actually competing with? And looking at website builder, you kind of say, right, well, I can optimize my page. And then you look at that first page, I've got no idea what's on there. But, but certainly, it's going to be the really big hitters. And a lot of people I talk to immediately come in with that kind of query. And you say, well, you've got absolutely no hope. You need to build from something else that's more realistic for a smaller brand like yourself. Um, and, and kind of a lot of people, they're looking at that keyword volume. They see website builder, which is exactly your point. And they go super, super overboard about it and just focus on that all the time. I had a client like that with a French keyword term. And we did actually manage to end up ranking for that very short head keyword term. But it took us four years and we had to build a brand, as you say. <laughs> Which yeah. is brilliant. So what should we be looking at um, beyond, obviously, volume? I like the idea of the potential of a given page. What else should we another be looking reason, at? Another reason, yeah, another re basically, uh, you should be looking at the potential of the top, the, the total traffic to top ranking pages. And uh, again, uh, adequately uh, predict your chances of where you're going to rank, because you're definitely not ranking number one for website builder unless you, be, unless you build a company as big as Wix. Uh, so that's the thing. And another reason why uh, it is important to actually look uh, look at the traffic of the top ranking pages other than the search volume of individual keyword uh, is because Google is stealing clicks from us. Uh, the most the most straightforward way how they steal clicks is with ads. Uh, they show freaking four ads on top of their getting search results. Uh, and if you if you look up some search queries on mobile, uh, it gets absolutely ludicrous uh, because those ads might also contain images. They might also contain site links, site links. So you'll have to scroll a couple times with your thumb until you reach the first uh, ranking search result. So even, even if you rank number one for, some, for something, it doesn't mean you're getting loads of traffic because you have uh, ads above it. 
And then Google has those SERP features, which is yeah. why at the beginning of our conversation, I, I mentioned that I hope Google won't become an angry teenager uh, the more we educate him. Because uh, what, what bothers me is that the more Google understands uh, how to read, process, curate, and display information, uh, the less they need send, to send people to yeah. the actual websites. I don't understand why the SEO. Uh, excuse me. I'll, I'll finish my thought. Uh, I don't really. I don't really share the excitement of the SEO community with the artificial intelligence tools that help you create content, those GPT three uh, and yeah. such. Because if you are going to generate your content with a robot, then what is the motivation for Google to send people to your website? while they can use the same, if not better, system to generate that, that content right in their search results page. So you're actually putting yourself at a disadvantage by relying on those tools and by being happy that you can just generate content. I would, I would be, I, I, I am very afraid of that. I, I don't like that this is happening. I don't really like that, that Google is educating themselves because again, if you look at many content marketers, what they're doing is that they search for something, they open a few first pages of the search mm. results, they read that content and they rewrite it into a different article. It's the same content, they just read it somewhere else, they rewrote it without adding anything fresh, anything new, they're not subject matter experts. Uh, and then with the backlinks coming from, I don't know, PBNs or like other people who are willing to, to, to link to you as, as long as you pay the money, uh, they, SEO professionals put this page at the top of the search results. And what you get is mediocre content mm. that is made from other content that is ranking at the top of Google. Why would Google want that to happen? Why, right. why won't they do use their own GPT-3 or something to, uh, again, aggregate content from those top ranking pages and rank their own page at number one or even display that in the Google search results? So, yeah, I'm, I'm very... Uh, unhappy about about that trend. Right. Okay. That was your rant. So we both had rants, and and that was a delightful rant. I do like it because it's philosophical and uh, speaks a lot of truth. I mean, from from that perspective, kind of while you were talking about that, I was thinking about multiple things. One of which is, and the people also ask, Google's increasingly just putting facts there with no link, um, especially on brand SERPs. Once again, and Lily Ray was pointing out that if you search for best of something or even health magazines, it will give you a big block of entity uh, filter pills. And so it's actually now recommending. So those best of articles are actually going to be uh, more and more problematic or less and less uh, valuable to people because Google's saying, right, this is what I've understood. So we then end up in a situation where if you've educated Google about who you are, what you do, and who your audience is, then you can get in there. But then we're ending up in the situation where people are researching the entire topic on Google. And our only chance of the visit is when they're pretty close to bottom of funnel. Mm -hmm. don't know if that was actually a question. It was just a statement of, of things that mm -hmm. I was thinking while you were talking. But your top stories there at the top of your brand, SERP, I think kind of that's incredibly interesting because that's something that Google cannot replicate. Your insight, your expertise in stories or, or, or articles that you're writing regularly. It's Joshua who does a lot of that. And the, the guy who does your video content as well, whose name I've forgotten, I'm afraid, is it Mr. Sam, o? Sam. Sam, Sam O is Sam it? O. Oh, yeah, yes. what a great name. How could I forget that? <laughs> yeah, boy, both guys are incredible. 
but in in terms of I'm I'm not an expert in uh, brand Serbs uh, or even Serbs. Uh, you are the much more experienced here, so I I might be wrong in my assumption, but I'm thinking that the reason why Google uh, displays those articles in our brand SERP is because they think we're some kind of a news outlet in our industry, which we are not. So there are different kinds of blogs. Uh, For for example, I'm sure like most people uh, know about search engine land, search engine journal, search engine watch. Uh, These are the blogs that are covering the, the latest developments or the latest news in the SEO industry. So if you want to know uh, what were the latest statements from Google or what were the latest releases uh, from uh, Google Search Console or Google Analytics, Analytics, you would go and visit those websites because they always cover the, the freshest stuff. In the case of Ahrefs, we have what I call a resource blog. So we don't necessarily write about the hottest, latest and trendiest topics. We just research what people in our industry are searching for and we create resources for them uh, to, to learn from. So probably because of our publishing pace, which is quite consistent uh, yeah. and uh, rather ra- rather uh, fast, Google might think that we are one of those uh, news blogs. So this is why they, they feel important to display those latest articles uh, in, in the brand SERP. I'm not sure if it's true. But what I'm alluding to is that our content is educational content rather than news content. Google cannot really be a source of news content because someone has to take it from the real world and put it into words. In terms of educational content, the amount of that content is growing all the time. So take any topic, whether it is in marketing, in photography, in parenting, there's lots and lots of content that's already written. And most people, probably there's Pareto principle at work here, 80% of people uh, are searching for the same basic things. Because as you go more advanced and start looking for advanced topic, there would be less of these people. So (laughs) what is stopping Google with all those GPT-3 and such to create those resources, kind of like Wikipedia, but Wikipedia is created by humans, while Google can just create their own created Wikipedia based on what has already been written on the topic. So yeah, if you will offer some something brand new, some kind of news, news-based thing, uh, then you'll be able to, to get visitors to your website. Otherwise, if you're talking about the same topic that a hundred different websites have already covered, yeah. Why wouldn't Google just create a kind of sort of a Wikipedia page based on what they've learned from those 100 pages? So this is my, uh, this is what I'm ranting about. This is what I'm afraid of. Yeah, and I mean, and, and it's already happening in knowledge panels. We're seeing sometimes uh, a little snippet that's actually just written by Google uh, using GPT-3 or whatever it is, uh, no longer Wikipedia or IMDb or even my own website. I mean, from a, a knowledge panel perspective, I'm advising clients to say, you need to get that description from your own website. But at a certain point in time, Google's just going to write it itself, as you say. And I mean, from my perspective, that also means you need to make sure that it gets it now, because then it's more likely to write what you want it to write as opposed to what other people are writing. But that's a totally different topic. What I'd like to do is give you an opportunity to say anything that we didn't talk about, because we rather went off topic there, and it kind of moved around. 
Is there anything that I didn't ask that you really wanted to share about the secrets of keyword data other than don't focus on search volume? Uh, I think that's actually the most important takeaway. Uh, If we'll get into details, the the right format for that would be actually the the research article that I've published because you need to see the graphs, you need to see the exact numbers, which I uh, don't remember by heart. But the the take there are a couple takeaways. So the first right. takeaway is that don't think of Google Keyword Planner as having accurate search volume numbers. First, don't don't mm-hmm. expect. Uh, first of all, don't expect th- third party tools like Ahrefs to mimic uh, the numbers from Google Keyword Planner because our goal is to for, at Ahrefs I'll speak for ourselves. Our goal is to use the other data that we have to refine those numbers and give you a slightly more ag- accurate picture. Like we said, Google Keyword Planner is for advertisers. We are a tool for SEO professionals. So we're trying to solve the, the small issues that Google Keyword Planner has, uh, fix them and show SEO professionals the, the data that, that, that they're looking for. So yeah, don't right. expect uh, a tool like Ahrefs to give you the same data uh, as Google Keyword Planner, because if you need data from Google Keyword Planner, please <laughs> go use Google Keyword Planner. I think that's, uh, that's quite fair. Uh, the second thing is that uh, search volume of an indiv- individual keyword is not always indicative of how much search traffic you're going to get, uh, because it all depends on the whole kind of cloud of search queries that mean the same thing. And sometimes uh, that we can look at it kind of like an iceberg. So sometimes there's a super popular way to search for something, and underneath there's a little bit more uh, of uh, similar searches. The, the topic is very narrow and it is very defined. For example, a squeeze page. There's a marketing concept called the squeeze page. Right. There, okay. there aren't too many ways to, to, to search for a squeeze page because it's such a narrow topic. The, right. the amount, the, the cloud of related searches is very small. But if we take a topic of how to get more traffic to a website, 10 different people would phrase it differently all the time. So even mm. though, and you cannot, you can't even pinpoint the most popular search query because there are many of the most popular right. search queries. So if you're looking just at one of them, you're misleading yourself as to the total search traffic potential of the topic. So it is very important to actually review the top ranking search results. Uh, and then, yeah, the the traffic that is coming to the top ranking pages as estimated by hrefs or any other similar tool accounts for all those things that we just discussed the ads uh the the knowledge panel the people also ask boxes we we account for those things because they still clicks away and we adjust the traffic estimation uh based on those things so even though the the keyword or even the overarching topic would be incredibly popular if there are too many ads too many SERP features, uh, mm. and you won't even rank number one, you'll rank somewhere in top five, uh, you won't be getting too much traffic. So these are the things that that are important to know and, and understand because uh, this way you'll, you'll be able to adequately prioritize uh, your list of topics that you are going to go after. 
Brilliant. So we can't hit and guess anymore. We actually have to use data, and that goes through platforms like Ahrefs and other such platforms. Thank you so much, Tim. That was absolutely brilliant. We're just going to present next week now, passing the baton. Uh, next week, it's going to be Elizabeth Marston, Retail Media in Search. That's going to be absolutely delightful. E-commerce, we don't cover that enough. Incredibly insightful. She's incredibly smart, and it's going to be really, really interesting. Tim, could you pass the baton? Uh, Elizabeth, I'm passing the baton to you, and I'm hoping that you would have uh, as great of a conversation with Jason as I just did. <laughs> oh, you're such a charmer. Um, thank, you, thank you so much for that charming comment. Oh, I'm delighted. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Jason. And thank you, everyone, for watching. See you next week.